Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have uh, taught us uh, to pray, and we ask now, uh, as you have also promised your Spirit, that you would be with us, that we would be open to to you and to the movement of your Spirit, that we would um, just see about how you would like uh, for us to interact with you. I thank you for this pattern of prayer that you've given us in the Lord's Prayer, and Lord, we just ask that you would um, be blessed in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. To uh, just start out by saying this is the Truth and Life class, and, and it's sort of a new thing. And um, and so just say a couple of things about what the Truth and Life class is. Um, uh, we've had uh, had a couple of folks come and, and talk to me, uh, sort of on behalf of some other folks, just saying that um, some of the, they didn't feel like the classes really intersect with their lives on Sunday mornings. And I said, well, you know, let's try a small group. And gosh, we can't do a small group because we're running kids all over the place, you know, five times a week and um, or five times a day, seven nights a week. The um, yeah. <laughs> The uh, uh, so so what we said is that, that we're going to have a, a class in a dedicated space, the day school library, uh, where we kind of try to talk about. Uh, we're certainly not going to stop talking about truth, uh, but we're going to try to talk about truth and life. And so that it's not a real clever title. That's just kind of what we're uh, talking about. Um, and so anytime we have like a like a parenting class um, or a you know, we've done like in the past classes on on a theology of money, or uh, we've got a class um, coming up on uh, the partridges are going to do two weeks on uh, death and dying. Just things that like truth and life. Where where does the truth and the, where does the gospel intersect your life? We have great theology classes and um, you know de- dedicated uh, Bible studies and things like that. Um, and and we really hope that you will avail yourself of those things. But this is this is sort of this is where you can come if you just want some truth and life. And I don't is not intended to replace small groups at all, um, but it, sort of the idea is there may be sort of a community that, that forms in this class. What I want to say is that you don't need to, I mean, come to the class if you just like the topic and aren't interested in always coming to this class. That's totally fine. So, um, but that's kind of what this class is. Truth in life is in this dedicated space as going forward at least this semester, but hopefully for, forever. We're, we're just going to kind of see how it goes, um, but it's going to be sort of where the gospel intersects. Um, what I want to do is, um, is I have been wanting to teach a class on the Lord's Prayer, and uh, and so I thought this would be a good good opportunity to do that. Um, the Truth in Life class, what I, when I ask people to teach it, and so when I teach it is what I'm saying. It's a little less lecture, a little more conversation, uh, and um, so hopefully, uh, what we'll see in here, I want you to feel free to ask questions or offer. You know, comments and and that that kind of thing that might take a little getting used to because you're still set up like a lecture like you're not looking at each other uh, and maybe we need to think about that but um, certainly welcome your feedback uh, but so I, I'm going to ask some questions and just welcome your feedback and it's going to be sort of like I said less lecture there's going to be some sort of instruction and that type of thing but just see what you think and and um, and offer insights or ask questions and just sort of relaxed um, so. But I wanted to. I've been wanting to uh, teach on the Lord's Prayer just because every time I return to it, I feel I get so blessed. Um, and I heard a great talk. I went to a conference about a year ago, and um, and one of the very best. It was a because a conference on family ministry. One of the very best talks. It was a, it was a lot of like guitars and and um, 
Baptists and uh, just um, it was it was an awesome conference, but it was it was I think I was the only like liturgical person there. Um, and this woman gave this incredible talk on the Lord's Prayer as a blessing over your family. And I never ever thought of it like that. And it was very compelling. Now it, she wasn't trying to say that this is what Jesus meant. What she was saying is this is a great way to to incorporate the Lord's Prayer. Um, as a blessing, uh, and and we're gonna as we walk through it's a five week class, and I'm trying to set it up so you don't have to come to every one. It's just they're sort of each independent. But today we're gonna talk about Hallowed Be Thy Name or Our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be Thy name, and we're just kind of walk through that, and um and just think about uh, how um you know, I, I don't think Jesus I think we're, I don't think we're wrong to use the Lord's Prayer verbatim like we do in in worship and as you teach your kids the Lord's Prayer and Maybe as you pray the Lord's Prayer, but I think Jesus certainly intended it as a pattern, a pattern of prayer. Uh, really interesting um, how uh, Jesus focuses us completely on uh, God to begin with, and I see that. I mean, He's our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Way before we get to anything about us, and so. I just think, you know, as we are praying for our family, as we are in our sort of scattered uh, lives, as as it goes, um, to say, to, we're going to orient ourselves towards the Lord first, um, is really wise as a, as a pattern of, of prayer, and help, not just wise as a good thing, but a, a helpful thing, and and really a right thing uh, for us to do. Um, so we're gonna just going to begin. Uh, so thinking of it as a pattern of prayer, and and also thinking of it as a a blessing uh, over our family uh, as we think about in whatever uh, life stage you are in, uh, how can we orient our house and our family and our extended family um, towards the Lord? So Jesus said, Jesus, uh, twice we have the Lord's Prayer in Scripture. It's uh, one in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, one uh, in uh, Luke. Luke's a little bit truncated. It's just a little, little more concise. Uh, one of the things you see, though, in, in all of Jesus' teaching, the, the teaching of Jesus is, is incredible. The economy of words is unbelievable. It's just it's so concise, but so poignant. Um, the disciples came to Jesus, Jesus, and they said, uh, Lord, teach us how to pray. Uh, and that's in Luke. And Matthew, uh, the way Matthew records it is he's teaching us how to pray in, sort of in response to the Pharisees who pray with you know lots and lots of words and big long words and trying to really be impressive to the people around them, um, but it's a very simple prayer. Um, you know, both my kids who are of uh, you know have a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and a two-year-old. The two-year-old doesn't know it yet, but the um, but the, the other two knew it by the time they were three. Um, and it's you know it's easy to remember. Um, and you can I have a very distinct memory of my parents teaching me the Lord's Prayer. Um, laying next to my uh, Empire Strikes Back uh, comforter uh, in the room that was, bl- I, it was, I just have a very distinct memory of learning the Lord's Prayer. Um, and you know, whenever I go and pray with uh, people who have like Alzheimer's or uh, <coughs> dementia um, or who have just re- a really hard time getting their thought that what they are thinking to, to, process it as words. Um, whenever I go and visit anyone like that, I'll always pray the Lord's Prayer, and they always got it. Because it's always in there. Um, 
So, so let's 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 begin. Um, in fact, let's just pray uh, together. We've already prayed once, so let's just pray the Lord's prayer and just think. Of, try to really think about the words as you um, as you pray them. Uh, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Okay. Uh, He is our Father. He's not just my Father. The disciples came to Jesus to teach us how to pray, and he said, uh, said, uh, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father. So right off the bat, there is a uh, there is a an intentionally plural element uh, to the Lord's prayer. It is uh, it is corporate. What we see, uh, what we can teach our children, what we can think of ourselves, uh, is that uh, we are in the family of God. Uh, we are part of something greater than ourselves. He's not just my Father in the sense that my religion is private and um, and it's just me. And, and God, and, and there might be a sense in which uh, that is you know, a time in your life that is true, but as a Christian, uh, there, really the New, the New Testament doesn't know anything of, of an individualized faith. It's a corporate faith. You're part of the family of God, and He is our uh, Father. And so uh, there's me- we are, it's membership uh, in the family, the larger family of God, um, this corporate element. I just think that's, that's important when we think about our, our families, um, and you know, one of the things I, I can remember when we first had children, the I, uh, well, actually, when I first got married, I remember having the the thought, uh, man, I realized how selfish I am. And I didn't want to tell Amy that, but um, I I just remembered how uh, seeing how selfish I was. And then we had kids, you know, and I just think, oh my gosh, I just really realized how selfish uh, I am. And now now they're um, young and. Um, and I realize how selfish they are as well. Um, we we are uh, so that is that is, we are we turn inward on ourselves. That's part of sin. Um, that's part of our, our sin nature is is that we are concerned with ourselves. The world revolves uh, around us. And and Jesus is saying that's not uh, you know part of his reconciliation uh, that he gives us uh, to the Father is that he is not just my Father. It's not just me and what I get in him. Uh, he is our Father, um, and yet He is our Father. Uh, he's our our Father. Jesus uh, referred to God um, as Father in every single recorded prayer that we have in the Gospels, except for one. Can you think of what that was? No, Abba is Father. Abba, Abba means Father. Yeah. Is my God, my God? Why have you forsaken me? It's the only time he doesn't call God Father. The the one time in all of eternal history that the Son was separated from the Father because he became sin for us. He couldn't call him Father. Uh, there was a separation on the cross, uh, and that is actually when. You know, sort of practically, spiritually speaking, he becomes our father, because we've been there's that swap that he, we've been given uh, in him. Um, there is an uh, intended, as Jesus is teaching us to pray, and he calls Father God Father in, in every 
uh, single uh, prayer. He is, because we are in Christ, because we are under the um, umbrella of His grace, because we are um, enveloped in the righteousness of Christ, He offers us that same uh, intimacy with the Father. Now, uh, certainly there are times where God seems far off, uh, but uh, but what is um, offered to us in Christ is an intimacy um, with the Father, the same intimacy that Jesus had uh, when He went alone uh, to pray. And, and right away we see who can pray this prayer. Uh, it's the children of God, the, the ones who can call Him Father. Uh, and, and who are the children of God? It's Christians. Uh, Christians who are adopted by uh, grace. We pray to the Father through the Son in the Spirit, and and we are uh, this intimacy is given to us because we are in Christ. Um, we come through Christ. We come in the name of Jesus Christ. If we come on our own name, uh, on our own behalf, um, then we we actually don't come to the Father. Uh, Jesus said, "No one comes to the Father except through me." And so when we come. Uh, to the Father, we are coming uh, because Jesus said we could, because we are with Him, because we are in Christ. And you, if you do not, if you come to the Father without the Son, then you're not coming to the Father. Um, that's that's offensive uh, in our culture. I wouldn't go around saying that at your workplace or whatever. But um, but as was as we understand it, uh, no one comes to the Father except through Christ. And so. Um, and yet, it's amazing that God. What a blessing that God gives us. Uh, Jesus gives us uh, that intimacy. In fact, God the Father, of course, offers us that intimacy because their their wills are completely united. Um, no other religion even pretends to offer an intimacy, uh, a, a Father God. Um, God is is holy. He is um, uh, he is unapproachable. He's uh, demanding uh, righteousness and obedience. Um, it, it would have been incredibly offensive to Jesus' followers, if not incredibly hopeful as well, but certainly to the Pharisees and the, and the, the religious uh, leaders, it would have been incredible, uh, incredibly offensive. Father, um, uh, because God is holy, and we're going to talk about that in just a minute, but, but, but He's our Father, and that, I mean, Jesus, Jesus gives us that right off the bat. A Father um, loves His child regardless of obedience. Now, disobedience might get under your skin a little bit, a lot, um, drive you a little bit crazy, uh, but a father never ceases to love uh, their child, not when things are right. And of course it happens but uh, in our broken world, but, um, but he's our perfect father. And so what we, can, what we can be sure of when we see it ourselves, we love our children uh, regardless of whether or not they obey, and, and then in the cases that um, where sin breaks that up and, we, and we, uh, we see a father not loving their children, what we can look to is the father who's our perfect father, uh, that always, as he is our perfect father, he always loves us regardless of our obedience. Now, how does he do that? In Christ. It has to, and it has to be atonement. And we see that it's actually the fatherhood of God that makes this a specifically Christian prayer. Um, I heard I was talking to somebody um, actually about this class. They're not here today, and they were um, they were saying that you know that really anybody can pray that prayer. It's not really a specifically Christian prayer, and I didn't really say anything about it. But as I was started thinking about that and thinking about the fatherhood of God, that's what makes this a Christian prayer. That's why 
uh, we come to it uh, as as Christians. Um, I, like I said, it would have been completely um, irreverent, and if, really, that's I mean, it, that's ultimately what got Jesus killed. Uh, was uh, was it was considered blasphemous. He was he was a man who was making himself on par with God, um, and yet you know what a blessing that God has offered us that way. Um, any 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 thoughts? Any any um, any reactions? Any that makes me think about this. Any anything to say about the fatherhood of God? I um I God bless you. I really think that um it it, do, it doesn't require being a father, but when you when you, you become a father, you become a parent. Um, you understand the fatherhood of God in such a more profound way. Um, the concept of being, before that, the concept of the fatherhood of God it comes from the perspective of a child. Even I was 30, I guess, when we had uh, Caroline. And up until that point, um, I understood the fatherhood of God as a child because that's all I, that's all I had. Uh, that's the only relationship I knew. But when I became a father, it, it, it um, you, you see the heartbreak that, that comes increasingly so. And I know that I, I mean, I'm, my oldest is seven and a half, and uh, it's only going to get more. My good friend uh, Craig Ogard, who's teaching a class um, right now, said um, he, he said one time that little kids are a handful and big kids are a heartful. And, uh, and you know, that's, that's coming from... Um, you know his kids are out of the house, but um, it's uh, and that and I know that that's true. It, it, uh, but you see uh, the highest joy of, of being a, a father and um, being a parent, seeing the successes of your children, but you also see the the um, you know your heart breaks when when or or they make you angry or angrier than you ever thought you could be, or you're they make you you get sad on their behalf and uh, when they're disobedient. Like I, I always tell my kids, like me, you have to get a uh, I don't know how you do it at your house, but um, there are a couple of things in our house that you get a spanking for, and I hate it. I mean, I just cannot stand. I, ha- I feel like I have to do it, but um, but I just can't stand it. And it, um, you know, I, I hear my mom saying this is going to hurt hurt me, you know, worse than it hurt you. And I think I just thought, nah, never. You're just just a dumb line. And um, <laughs> I get it now. I, I get it. I get it now. And I, I just think of the father looking at the at Jesus on the cross, and this is going to hurt me worse than it's going to hurt you. Um, and just understand, and you know, when he sees us now as his children, you know, I, because I'm a father who wants obedience, um, not for my good, but for my child's good, you know, it, it makes me understand God's desire for a holy life um, for us, because he just wants what's best for his children. But he loves us anyway. Um, I was watching, I was watching football with my boys yesterday, and just I had, um, I had little Luke curled up here, little Thomas curled up here, and um, and I just thought, man, I just love being with my kids. You know, this is it's just great, and I don't, you know, we're a regular family, and we have you know good times and bad times, but it was just it just a moment. I just thought, I mean, what Jesus is saying here as he gives us the fatherhood of God is that he just loves being with us. You know he's not. He doesn't want to just, 
you know, be the, the, the father who doles out cash, you know, when your kids need it and thanks that I'll see you the next time I need cash. Um, he wants to be the, the father who just loves being with his kids. And his kids love being with him. Any thoughts? Lectures working better than <laughs> conversations? But that moment was great. Yeah. That that quiet moment. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody had a hand. Yeah, Jim. Joe, I was going to say that um, I think it's important as my children get older. Um, it's important for us, as for me as a parent, to point out that that none of us are perfect. Mm-hmm. But they think that you are. They think that you are perfect in everything that you do and say and, and that sort of a thing. I think it's really important to point that out mm-hmm. and to point out that only God is. Is the perfect father. Yeah. Um, because we are just as weak as those children. Right. Uh, just as broken. Yeah, you know, I think I think um, apologize, letting your kids know when you've made a mistake. I mean, there'd be times where I feel like I kind of flew off the handle, and, and I just, I mean, I just try to apologize to them and let them know. We all do. Yeah. 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 So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure, please. willingness of the father and also the willingness of the son uh, uh, but uh, but thinking about you know our families and how we uh, sort of use this as a, as a blessing um, you know just thinking orienting our ourself understanding us as the children in this relationship that our God loves us I mean if we think about how much we love our, our children infinity time you know times infinity like just how how um, how how much more uh, he loves us and um, you know, some folks when we think of Abba, a lot of times it, um, the uh, Jesus uses the word Abba sometimes as, and we've talked about that as like Daddy. It's, a, it's, it's the uh, inference that a child uses for their a little child uses for their father in Aramaic. Um, some scholars don't don't love that. Um, just as I was looking through that and reading about that, um, it is it is intimate and personal. It's not only for little children. Um, it carried because this was a paternally oriented society, 
And so, it, in addition to the sort of intimacy of daddy, uh, when we see when we think of daddy, we think of that in our uh, Western sort of culture. Uh, they it carried for them it carried the intimacy, but it's also carried the weight of respect um, that comes in a paternally oriented society. So. Um, so anyway, so if you if you think of Abba as Daddy, which I don't think you're wrong to do that, you also want to think of it that He is our Father who art in heaven, um, because uh, we, we want to balance it. He is in heaven. He is the King. He's the ruler. He's the orchestrator uh, of all that there is. Uh, every uh, thing that He that exists, He uh, created and He and He rules and He uh, oversees. He is uh, in heaven. Uh, and that is incredibly important for us to remember about the Father. Uh, he's not just the one whose lap we curl up in, which He can be that, but He's also uh, in heaven. He is on high. He is outside of time and space. He is uh, pure and He is holy. He is the object of worship uh, for all uh, that is. The mountains bow down and the seas will roar and the trees will clap their hands, as the Scripture says. Um, he is, uh, he is high and holy, and um, and yet he's our father. And so as we as we think of um, our our father, we want to. I, th- I think it's even more astounding to think of who he is that he is our father, that we can come into his presence, that we can just anywhere we are, uh, w- out loud or even in the quiet of our hearts, that we can speak to him. He is in heaven, which means he is also transcendent because we can speak to him right now. Um, he is in heaven, yet He hears not just our loudest praise, but He hears the quietest thoughts of our hearts. The psalm says, uh, before a word is on our hearts, He knows it full well. Um, and so He is uh, in heaven, and yet He is ever-present with us. He's our, our Father, uh, He's our, our Father, and He is uh, in heaven. And so he is, um, he is both near, but He is also far off because of His holiness. And um, and that speaks to his, he is unblemished, and so there had because he's in heaven, uh, there had to be an intermediator uh, because we are on earth and that um, and we are in sort of um, sin, and yet he uh, came to us, and so that's why we have uh, that's why we have Christ. But it's just it's an important balance to think he is our Father and the intimacy there, but he is in heaven as well. Uh, so there's that um, we think of when. Um, in the Old Testament, it talks about fearing the Lord. And we're going to talk about His holiness in just a minute. Um, so maybe I shouldn't. Well, I'm just going to say it anyway. The, um, the we think of fear as, as sort of horror or terror. Um, so we're scared. Uh, that certainly, is, as we know, is a, is a in the Old Testament they thought of fear as, as uh, awe and wonder and respect. Uh, it's just a weight of, of glory. Um, so He's our Father who is in heaven. And his name is holy. Hallowed be thy name. Now this is actually a petition. If you look at it in the in the Greek, it's not just it's not a declaration. Holy is your name. It's a it's a petition. Let your name be holy. Um, it's an imperative statement, but it's a passive imperative. So it's not a it's not a demand. It's a it's a plea. It's a petition. Uh, Hallowed be thy name. Let thy name uh, be holy. Let me ask you this: How do you think of holiness? Like, how would you define holiness? It's hard to use. It's hard to think about a definition of the word holy without using the word in the definition. How do you think of holiness when you think of holiness? Closeness to God. Closeness to God. Perfect. Perfection. 
Mm -hmm. Anything else? Complete. A complete a completeness. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Just like not just sin, but just sin cannot be in its presence. Like right. Sin can't be in its presence. Absolutely. If God said that murder were good, it would be. Because He's holy. He's the standard for what God... Now, thank goodness He didn't say that because He's holy. Uh, but He doesn't report to a higher standard. He is holiness. It's holy because He is it. It's, he's, it's good because it reflects God. God isn't um, subject to... He's not good because He is subject to a standard of goodness. He is the definition of it. Uh, he's, he's not subject to a standard of holiness. It's holy because He is it. And He is other. He's, he, holiness is rightly thought of as sort of separation, sort of a separateness um, from, uh, as Becky said, sort of without, without sin, separate from us. He is... Um, he is holy. And it is hard to... I mean, all the things that you said are right. It's hard to think about holiness without calling it holiness, uh, using the word in the definition. Um, it says, let, let your name be holy. Uh, your name... I mean, we, we, we talk about um, God's name in scriptures a lot, um, but it's, it's, it's um, let, your, let that name be holy, your reputa- His reputation... Uh, it's how, the thing by which he is known, uh, the what the way he is thought of by the masses. Let let the way that you are thought of uh, be holy. Let holiness be the thing that marks how we think of you. Now think about that for your families, as you think about God, as you interact with one another, uh, as you're orienting yourself uh, yourselves towards God. Um, is do we think is the is our first thought of him holiness? Is, is that the marker? Is his name holy? Is, is the thing by which we um, think of God, is it his holiness, is it his purity? Uh, what, are the, what are some of the scripture passages that you think of when you think about God's holiness? Things that... The Holy of Holies, like, like in the temple, you know, like going in... And the, like the priests had to, they went in one priest went in once a, once a year and they had to go through this long ritual cleansing and make all these sacrifices before they could just kind of eke, eke in there. That's great. I hadn't actually thought of that one. Burning bush. Okay. Tell me more about that. Why do you think of that? Well, because he, Moses can't even, can't even look at, at God directly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Um, he's, he's so set apart and so above... You know, humanity that you can't even look at. It. Mm-hmm. Great. What else? Any others that come to mind? Uh, yeah, Isaiah six. Well, that may be Jeremiah with the. Um. Um. Let's see. I actually had thought about. No. Yeah. With Isaiah. So Isaiah has this vision in Isaiah six, and um, he, he said. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And each one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook 
at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke, and I said, woe is me. Like he is face, face down. But then, uh, you're right, the, um, one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, behold, this has touched your lips, your guilt is taken away. So, I thought of Isaiah 6 as well, just that the train of his robe fills the temple and the angels, the seraphim flying around, just calling out to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Any others that you can think of? Um, Mount Sinai, the, um, in Exodus 19, the thick smoke around as, as God delivers the, um, the Ten Commandments. And remember, it's, just, it's, a, it's a terrible scene. It's a fearful scene. Um, it is all in one respect. The people, I mean, he says, if you come before me, you're going to die. If you touch the mountain. It, it is a his holiness is is rightly feared. Frank talked uh, last week. He, uh, he's teaching about Revelation in the dean's class, and he talked about um, John of Patmos seeing uh, seeing Jesus in uh, in Revelation one. He says, I saw. So I was in the spirit of the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. Uh, then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me, and on turning I saw seven golden lampstands, and in the midst of the lampstands one like a son of man clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were like white like wool, as white as snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet like burnished bronze refined in a furnace, and his voice was like that, like the roar of many waters. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Um... The proper response to the holiness of God uh, is fear. Um, and because uh, He is light, He exposes uh, our uh, darkness. But the holiness of God does call us to a life of holiness. Now, as Christians, because we've already established that He's our Father, uh, this is, which makes it specifically a Christian prayer that we are in Christ and we understand that the gospel is such that we're not calling, um, being called to holiness in order to please God because all the pleasing of God has already been done in Christ, that there is a proper desire in the Christian heart uh, for uh, a heart for holiness, uh, a, a desire to, to live a life pleasing to God, not uh, to pat ourselves on the back, not... that's it's. Because of our sin, it's easy to fall off on that side of the horse to say to look in judgment. But in humility, if it's if there's a posture of repentance that comes out of it, um, that you know, it is is actually I think a function of our reconciliation with the Creator, because we were created to be holy. Um, you know, the family was established before the fall. Uh, you know, they, they they didn't have time to have kids before they messed up, but um, but. But the, the family was established. I mean, our, our families, our um, extended families, that we are uh, we are called to holiness. And we're called to be oriented uh, to God first, as our Father. Um, now, uh, why would we why would we ask God as a petition to preserve His own holiness? Let Your name be holy. Let holiness be the thing by which we call You. Um, I mean, does it seem a little silly to ask God to preserve His holiness? Why, why do we, or why are we asking God to preserve His holiness? It's just kind of a statement of our need. Okay. A statement of our need. I think so. 
Anything else? Any other thoughts about that? Many of you look very thoughtful. I think that's right. Let let thy uh, he's our father, and we're petitioning him as our father that it must be. Uh, let thy name be holy unto us. Um, it is a, a function of our need. We need for your name to be holy. We need for you to do a work in us that uh, such that the holiness that your holiness is the thing which we know you for. Um, you know, we think of our families, we think of our, just ourselves, and how we turn inward on ourselves. Um, we need God to be holy. We need God to preserve His holiness for us. Uh, we're not good at it. And it, But it's, it's, it's a petition that's rooted in praise and worship. Uh, hallowed be thy name. It is a declaration of, his, of praise, but it's also a confession. Because we, we need... Uh, we have a need uh, for Him to be uh, holy. It's a recognition that we won't keep and regard His name uh, as holy. Um, and so it's a prayer of our conformity to His holiness. Lord, root out the things in us that keep us uh, from acknowledging uh, Your holiness. And so um, so it's instructive to see that as, as Jesus orients us to the Father and to His transcendence, because He's in heaven but He's coming to us, the first thing we uh, get is a proper understanding of the character of God, uh, His His holiness. It's all about Him and a proper orientation, uh, whether ourselves or whether our families, uh, is as we uh, orient our lives, as we orient our prayer lives, uh, is is to understand uh, the holiness of God. Um, I had a couple of questions, but I think I'll just open it up for, for any couple of quick comments and then... We'll close in prayer and then we'll go home. So I gotta go to church. Yeah, Trisha. I long for those days. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't understand how to get across the fear of the Lord, even mm-hmm. when the healthy fear of the Lord mm-hmm. you're speaking of. It's even when we're doing nighttime prayers and all of a sudden in the middle of it they start being silly and doing playing with the flashlight, you know. Your kids too? Really? <laughs> that is so helpful. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, no, absolutely. It's certainly a struggle at our house. For sure. Mm-hmm. I kind of think yeah. Parent, um, made me feel in a way more like a child or understand, like have a consciousness of what it is like to behave at times like a child. Mm-hmm. Up to that point, I always felt kind of justified in some of my childlike tendencies. Mm-hmm. Um, where all of a sudden, being a parent, it was very sobering that I do still have some of those tendencies and not the ones that the Lord desires of me, the, the acting out in whatever way it might come out when you're right. adult. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, I don't know, that was just something that was Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, that was something that happened for me. Thank you, Lord. Trisha, the 
Family devotions could turn quickly to the Old Testament. You know, yeah. Firstborn of Egypt type of stuff helped us. <laughs> 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 it got a little messy because it's amazing how they imbibe it because I did say something to Lily once about the plagues of Egypt and and I was re- I was thinking I'm gonna have to go find lamb's blood to smear across the table because this is this is bad. But it's amazing how they do take it in. Yeah. And they they do they are listening but they are. Yeah. Well, yeah. kind of like they've got the father, like yeah. the Abba, mm-hmm. father part down, and they're so comfortable. Well, ultimately, it's his <laughs> responsibility. I mean, the, the Spirit's going to teach them yeah. that. Last one, and then, oh, yeah. I, I just remember arguing with my mother one time, and she finally said, do you think that you came with instructions? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I sat there for a minute, and she said, do you understand I'm doing the best that I can do? Mm. And that's when I really looked upon her in a different light. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are our Father and that you are our Father. Uh, you are transcendent, you are in heaven, and yet you know the quietest thoughts of our hearts. Thank you that you are holy. And we pray that this week uh, that you would protect your holiness and re- uh, preserve your holiness in our hearts and minds. and in as we orient our families to you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.